to how important is mindset then not only in illness but in life? It's it's one of the most important things you can have. I think it's the core of everything within you. I think without putting yourself in the proper mindset, I don't believe your body will follow suit. I'm Michelle Edwards. I'm the author of a novel called Chronicle of Endings, but I want to continue the conversation. It's a conversation about the different endings we face across the course of our lives and ultimately about all the beginnings that open up after. I want to speak to men because men don't always have the place or the permission to talk openly about their difficulties the way women do. But I want to speak to women too because we are all the same human beings trying to navigate the same universal human experiences. Mostly through these interviews, I want to have the opportunity to speak directly and openly with you. Each guest's experiences will allow you to reflect on your own about the endings you have faced and the ones you are yet to face, the mindset and actions which brought these people through their difficult times will, in turn, speak to you about your own. Because whether it's a novel, a podcast, or just two mates finally speaking about things that matter over a beer, words Words have the power to change people, to change their lives, to change yours. So, can we talk? Now, Ryan, you have an ending that never happened. You were diagnosed with a chronic and fatal disease at age 18. And since then, you have thrived and achieved massive success. Can you tell us your story? Yes, Michelle, thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. I really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to this. So I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't have my career. I shouldn't have my family. I shouldn't be alive. And... Like you said, at 18 years old, I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. It's a life-ending disease that only 70,000 people in the world have. And at that point, I was told that I'd live to be 30 years old. Because of CF, I was also told that I'd never have biological children. And three years into my career, I wanted to make a change, and I was told I didn't fit the sales profile of the job I was applying for. And now at 38, I've lived eight years longer than I'm supposed to. I have two amazing sons. I built an award-winning sales career and I've accomplished physical feats that my doctors never imagined that I'd be able to. And I played baseball at the collegiate level. I trained for and completed an ultra marathon. 
and I continue to push myself physically daily so that I can continue to grow. And I attribute all the success to having what I call a delusional optimist mindset. And I want to share that mindset with the world so that others can become the hero of their own story. So tell us about this mindset and how important it was for you to overcome your diagnosis. Yeah. So, you know, I think when a lot of people have an issue that they're confronted with, I think the first thing that you should do is look internal. And I, I want to say that the best way to do that is to put your mind in a place that prepares you to take on the challenges that are ahead of you. And if I look kind of back on my life, I've always kind of had this confidence, I guess you would call it. And, you know, it wasn't always something that was maybe warranted. So in reflecting, I thought, you know what, I guess in a sense, I was delusional about the confidence that I may have had. And it really kind of manifested itself with this diagnosis of cystic fibrosis, because here I was in high school with this mindset that, you know, I could take on the world. And I'm being told by an expert that not only am I not going to take on the world, but I'm not even going to be alive to see the majority of the world. So, you know, I, I understand that having a productive mindset, and I don't want to say a positive mindset because I think anyone can have a positive mindset. Having a productive mindset gives you confidence and courage that nothing else can give you. And I think having that mindset is probably at the core of everything you should do. So as I reflect on my life, I kind of look back and I attribute these successes to creating this mindset in my life and allowing that to manifest into every single action that I've kind of taken from here on out. And, you know, I've got like a theory on how to help others have this same mindset in their life. And I'm, I'm happy to share with you. But um, I do think the, the first thing you need to do, it's, and it's like five steps, but the first thing you truly need to do to have this mindset is I think you really need to take a long, hard, honest look at your life. And I think that's one of the hardest things that anyone can do. I mean, I'm not sure how often you said that you like to meditate. But I think reflecting on your life is difficult. And I think reflecting and being honest on your experiences and your strengths and weaknesses can be incredibly difficult. So that's the first step. And once you've done that, then you understand what's worked in your life. And you can start to move on from there. But until you understand yourself, I don't think that you can really move on to anything. And then once you understand yourself, then I think you have to make a goal. And when you're making a goal, you know, I think Simon Sinek, I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of um, his books, like Start With Why and um, I forget the other names of the books, uh, but he talks a lot about purpose and he talks a lot about living your why. And one of the books he wrote was called The Infinite Game. 
And I love the way he describes this. And I don't think anyone's ever described it kind of so perfectly is that life is an infinite game. There's no end point. So you have to create a goal that is not achievable. And if you have a goal that's not achievable, then every single day that you wake up, then you will spend that day trying to achieve an infinite goal. So it's never something that you're going to be able to accomplish. So you're never going to be done working forward and growing. So again, making that goal is the second step. And then once you have that goal, then I think you have to build a network. And this is really important. I think this is one of the biggest keys in achieving success in your life and having that second beginning that you talk about. Because I think a lot of people struggle having a network that helps move them forward. And I, I think that when you're creating a network, you have to have the three C's. I think you have to seek out challengers, cheerleaders, and champions. I think you need to have people in your life that are going to challenge you no matter what you do to push you forward. I think you're gonna to have to have cheerleaders that unconditionally will support you. And I think you have to have champions. And I think your champions are the combination of the two that drive you forward and help you to move in the direction of your goals and they're assisting you. And then after you have those three C's, then I think you have to create a game plan and take action. That is a really good plan. And um, I can see that you must have really been able to sit down with yourself and understand yourself. Like, as you said, understand, look at your life and understand what works and what doesn't. And that can really begin to pave a trail um, but what a superb sense of awareness of yourself and the world. Um, I understand that we aren't necessarily born with such an insightful <laughs> and wise mindset. Did you have this kind of perception at 18 or when you got the diagnosis, was there a moment or a blip when you believed that what the doctor said would be your future? And was there a turning point? You know, the, the easy answer to that is yes. Because to an extent, I mean, you know, the, the doctors are coming to their conclusion based on past experience. And I like to give the analogy because... I've had some great role models in my life that have kind of brought me or, or helped me champion me to this mindset. And one of them was my father and he was always an optimist. He was laughing all the time. He was the, he was the energy in the room. He had a zest for life that was so contagious. And it's a great comparison because like my father was diagnosed with brain cancer a couple of years ago. And he had a very similar mindset. He was optimistic. And when he was diagnosed, they gave him the prognosis that within two years, he was going to die. And he had the same mindset that I had. He said, 
I don't believe this. I'm going to prove this wrong, and I'm going to beat this. But, you know, when it comes to disease, sometimes you just can't beat it. And he died within six months. And although he had a mindset, what he, what he proved to me was that whether you believe it or not, living every day as though it's not true, that gives you the purpose and the importance in your daily activity, in your daily activities to move forward and to live the most fulfilled life you could possibly have. So to answer your question, I mean, there was, there's always doubt, you know, and I think there's doubt is healthy because if you don't have doubt, you're not afraid of anything. And then you don't have a sense of urgency to make your life meaningful. So while I do have a delusional optimism that success is inevitable in my future, there's always going to be doubt. And absolutely. And this isn't a mindset that I had forever. You know, this is years of reflecting back on my experiences that have, that have taught me that there's trends, you know, in my life that have proven successful. And I suppose that if you decided to live in every day in that diagnosis, not only would you not live those days with the freedom that you used to, but you would kind of fall in line to the diagnosis and what was supposed to happen to you. It would, it would be more of a matter of sitting down and allowing those things to, to, to happen. Yeah. Freedom's a really interesting word to use with that. Um, I agree with you hundred percent. I think, not allowing yourself to be defined by any struggle that you have. Um, I think there's externalities in the world that you cannot control. So I don't like the idea of tying any sort of success or growth in your life to an externality or anything that's out of your control. So like you said, I mean, I love the word freedom in this because if you take your daily activities and you put a ton of focus on what you're doing to advance your life in any way, whatever your goals are, if you take those daily activities and break them down and increase your focus on those, then yeah, you have the freedom to do anything in your life. So how important is mindset then not only in illness but in life it's it's one of the most important things you can have i think it's the core of everything within you i think without putting yourself in the proper mindset i don't believe your body will follow suit you know you, you think about people going through the motions right well if you're going through the motions what you're doing is you lack focus. And I think this is kind of like a rut that people fall into or a trap maybe that people fall into. They, they try to move forward without intention. And um, I think you have to, like I said, you have to define your intention and you have to define your purpose because without putting yourself in a mindset of achievement, of success, 
I think you're just kind of, it's almost like a hamster wheel. Like your feet may be moving, but you're not moving anywhere. And if you're stagnant, I think the world just kind of passes you by. Do you think, Brian, that having the diagnosis that you got really allowed all of this to to develop, do you think that that ending, so to speak, created who you are now? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. I have said being diagnosed with cystic fibrosis might be the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And it's a weird thing to say, right? I, I, you know, you've interviewed a, a bunch of people that, that have had, you know, endings and new beginnings. And I'd be interested to get your perspective on this because I think, you know, you've got a really good insight into this. But the reason that I say cystic fibrosis was one of the most impactful and important and, and one of the best things that's ever happened to me is it, it's because it defined my struggle. It defined my adversity. And what that did for me was it allowed me, again, like you said, it allowed me the freedom to create a plan to overcome it. And so many people in life don't recognize or can't define the adversity that they're going to face. I look back to, you know, I have a lot of friends who have struggled to get pregnant. You know, we're kind of at that age now. We're a little bit past it now, actually. I'm, I'm dating myself. But we're a lot of our friends are trying to have kids. And one of the most difficult things for a couple is to try for years to have a child and not know why they cannot get pregnant. I can't imagine that not knowing, right? Like, I was given a privilege that I was diagnosed with a life-ending disease because once that day hit, every day moving forward, I had a focus of how to overcome my adversity, move my life forward, and live a purposeful life. It's so powerful. And now that you have life, do you feel that you embrace that life more, that you embrace every single day more than other people who never had to face losing life? I think so. I mean, look, I can't speak to everybody else. So I don't know, you know, like I can think back to before I was 18 and before I was diagnosed, but to an extent, you know, I was young. Like I I wasn't that introspective at that time. So I don't know, you know, if the majority of people do feel like they're living their life to the fullest. I can tell you that the perspective that I gained from the experience and the struggles that I've had, it absolutely has given me the perspective to enjoy every single breath that I take. And it's, you know, I've got this podcast and I called it the Every Breath Counts podcast. And I called it that for two reasons. Um, The first reason is that exactly what we're talking about. Every breath you take counts. Every breath you take is a gift. It's a privilege to suck in the air 
and to live your life. And on the other side of that, the second aspect is that every breath you take in every second of your life, it matters. It needs to be intentional. If you have a purpose, if you have goals for yourself, whatever your goals are, if you want to change the world, if you want to make the world a better place, every breath you take can't be wasted. You have to leverage those breaths to achieve your goals. So I love the perspective that I have that every breath I take matters and it, it I'm so grateful for the perspective to have that. Absolutely. Would that be the one message you're trying to really bring home with your podcast? Yeah. So um, it's funny, you know, I, I already mentioned Simon Sinek and I hate to mention the same person twice on the podcast, but um, yeah. So one of the things that, that he wrote about in the similar book, um, the start with why or the infinite game that I was talking about, was that, you know, everybody, I think he was talking about businesses, but he said personally as well, should have a purpose. And that purpose should be a just cause. So when I was reading that book a couple of years ago, I was going through a transition um, in a career and moving my family to my hometown. And it was this amazing experience. And, and I was able to take a step back and say, what, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my purpose? What do I want my just cause to be? And this also helped me understand, you know, the purpose of goal setting and, and these unachievable goals. And at that time, I made a purpose for myself, a just cause. And that, that just cause is I aim to build a world in which every individual sees themselves as the hero of their own story, has the confidence to turn that story into reality and the courage to share that story with the world. And that's a huge goal. But at the same time, I understood that to achieve that goal, I kind of had to do some things that I wasn't currently doing. And to me, the best way to build a world in which everybody saw themselves as a hero of their own story was to share stories of people who are heroes of their own story who have the confidence to share it with the world. So really what I feel like I'm doing is I'm offering a platform for others to share their stories, to inspire people who listen to my podcast, to turn their story into reality. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's like lighting fires. You might be aware of who you are and, and the people around you and the lives they're living but um, sometimes you don't see all of the other people in the world who are so inspiring and really purpose-driven and taking their stories and turning their life around and um, just listening to those things and introducing them to your awareness and the awareness of everybody listening to your podcast and mine. Uh, it's really, it's such a powerful thing to spread. Yeah, you know, Michelle, it's really, it's it's funny that you use the fire analogy with it. And I, I had never really described it this way, but I I love the way you said that because you know, there's 
what is there, 7 billion people in the world right now? There's a lot of people. And I think there's 2 million podcasts. Well, if you go on a lot of these big name podcasts, you'll find or you'll hear the same, let's call it 50 to 100 people. And while their stories are so inspiring and they're energetic, engaging speakers, what I love about what you're doing and what I'm able to do is you and I can reach out to a smaller network, you know, not, not just to like a one or two people, but a network of people that aren't on these like huge, massive podcasts. And it's like kindling to that fire. Like you don't need to throw a big log on the fire, but if you take a lot of little twigs, these amazing people with unique stories that aren't being told, then all that kindling is going to spark. And it's going to spark another piece of kindling. And all these little twigs are going to start to work together in synergy to create this massive fire. And I love what we're doing because like you and I can share stories of all these other individual people. And together we create this massive fire, this massive inferno that sparks hope and inspiration throughout the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to run a highlighter over this because I think it's really important that to matter in this world and for your story to matter in this world, you don't have to be one of those people on the Oprah show or you don't have to be one of those people on the news. You know, you can just be average everyday Joe doing amazing things and you still have just as inspiring story as any of those people and your story still matters. And if you share that story, you're really genuinely going to inspire people. And coming back to the word fire, I think um, there was a line in a poem that struck me and I will probably always remember it, that we are candles lit from each other. And when we talk about waking up in life, I think we probably all have this moment that wakes us up in life. And if that is one of life's difficulties, um, which it often is. I mean, unfortunately, it does take hardship or a struggle to wake us up. But we, we, we reach that point and we, we sit up and we think, oh, my goodness, wh- who, who am I and what, what am I doing with my life? And what is my purpose here and how am I contributing? Yeah. And waking up is another great analogy because, you know, you're speaking about it in terms of like this awareness, right? But if you also, you could take it a step further and you could say, well, waking up is a decision. And this is something that I think is really important to me. There has to be accountability and there has to be decisive action. And in the morning, when you wake up, the most important thing you can do is immediately get out of bed. And this could be a metaphor similar to what we're talking about in life. If you're going through struggles, you have to decide for yourself. No one else is going to drag you out of bed. You have to decide and you have to take action to get out of bed and to move forward. So similar to this enlightenment and this awakening, I think, you know, bringing it back to actionable steps, 
if anyone is struggling, if anyone needs inspiration, I love the concept of aggregating small wins in your daily life. And I think the best application of that is to set your alarm clock. I don't care if it's a minute earlier than you normally would wake up. So you wake up at 5.30, set your alarm clock for 5.20. As soon as it gets, as soon as it goes off, turn it off, stand up and walk out of bed. And you have just won the morning. You have already attached a win to your day. You can hang your hat on and build on that the rest of your day. So yeah, I, I love that analogy and I love to use that. And this all happens through conversation and people actually sharing their story, maybe reading a book, maybe yeah. you know, speaking to somebody, maybe hearing them on a podcast. Yeah, I mean, think about some of the most inspiring people in your life, and and I'd be interested to know with you, like, have you been more inspired by people that you have heard and never met, or people in your life? And it, it's probably a balance, but I mean, what is it for you? That's such a good question, and something I haven't thought about, but I would say... I have definitely been more inspired by people that I've never met um, because maybe the immediate people that I know and, and come into contact day to day in my life, maybe that we're not having conversations that matter. And I yeah. think humans really do become guilty of that, of not having conversations that matter with each other day to day uh but yeah you know just to be able to hear other people's vulnerability even if I've never met them to be able to listen to their story I would say has been more motivating for me and um I would go so far as to say even when I discovered podcasts that changed my life because every day, every day I was constantly filling my mind with inspiration and with new ideas and with new possibilities and people out there who were doing the things that I would have loved to do and wasn't. And yeah, this take, and this takes me back to my idea of building a network. And in my opinion, I look at the people that I surround myself with on a daily basis, and I don't want to put any percentages down on who they are and what they, you know, where they fall into the buckets that I've kind of thought about being important in your life. But I look at, and you, you asked me about um, like having this mindset when I was young. Like if I look at my family, my parents, my grandparents, um, aunts and uncles, and even friends at a young age, I think a lot of them fall into this cheerleader bucket, right? Like it was this unconditional, Ryan, you can do anything you want. You can be whoever you want. You, you want to be a pro baseball player? You could be a pro baseball player. You want to be a millionaire? You could be a millionaire, you know? And I'm, I'm, in, I'm growing up in this working class family in the suburbs of Rochester, New York. My dad's working trick work manufacturing. And yeah, Ryan, you could do anything you want, you know? They were cheerleaders and they were important. So they, they did build 
this confidence in my life. Well, there's also challengers that I have in my life. And maybe those are bosses that really push you. Maybe they're worthy adversaries at work or competitors that you have that are constantly pushing you to be better than you are. They're, make, they're almost belittling you in a way and, and giving you this fear of failure. And they're kind of at this other end of this cheerleader spectrum saying, you know, you could be better. You could do more. You could do this. What you're doing isn't good enough. And I think those are a lot of times the people that you have in your life. And I think it's really rare. And like I said, it's important to seek out a champion. Find one. Hopefully you can find more than one. But that champion is that combination of the two that will encourage you, but also challenge you and also give you actionable steps and guide you through the process. And like you're saying, I think champions are oftentimes found in books and podcasts on TV because they're people who have gone through what you're striving to do. And you're generally not going to be able to surround yourself with people that are in a position you hope to be in in the future. So like you said, I think it's really important to listen to podcasts, to find your champions in places where you might not be encountering them on a daily basis. And especially for those people who aren't as fortunate and you and weren't born into a family that offers unlimited, boundless encouragement um, because, yeah, sadly, not everybody is born into that kind of household or that kind of community. But it's nice to know that people in those communities can break the cycle. Yes, and that's why there has to be three. And, and it's really important because I've really struggled with the idea that I, I grew up with a bunch of cheerleaders in my corner. And I've kind of tried to think about, well, what would it be like if I, I grew up in maybe an abusive house or whatever it may be? And I'm happy with, with the way I grew up. And I'm, I am who I am because of the role models I've had, because of the cheerleaders I've had. But in thinking back, if I grew up in a house full of challengers, I think while I might have had a more painful childhood, I would have been in the same position. I would have had one of these three parts of the network that you need to build. And I still would have been lacking two because someone who grows up with a house full of challengers, they still need to seek out cheerleaders because they have no confidence. And to build confidence, you still do need someone in your corner telling you what is possible. So while I may have had cheerleaders, I wasn't necessarily maybe as grounded as someone who had challengers. And I'll tell you right away, there's nothing more grounding than being told at 18 years old that you're going to die in 12 years. So that was an immediate challenger for me. And, and it's like I said, that was so important to me. And it might have been the most important thing that happened because it immediately provided that other aspect of my network to help project me forward. I can see how they all come together so perfectly. Now, Ryan, what does the future hold for you? Yeah, I've got big goals. Um, 
so, you know, like I said, I have a purpose and I have a, a dream to build a better world where everyone wants to be the hero of their own story. So I am currently creating a podcast. Um, it's the Every Breath Counts podcast. And uh, my goal is to take this podcast to be the number one self-development podcast in the world. And I think I can do that. And, you know, the goal is to get the most impactful guests that I can have to build an audience and to just show people through that podcast that your dreams are possible and to dream big and don't let anyone limit what you should be striving for in your life. So I want to reach as many people as possible through the podcast that I have to encourage them to reach for their dreams and not just reach for them, create a plan and make them happen. Your optimism is so refreshing, actually. <laughs> it's really, really nice. Um, now, there's no reason why if anyone else can have the most successful podcast in their category that you also can't. Yeah. That's the goal. That's <laughs> yeah. the goal. You know, but it's it's also, it's like anything, right? Like there's going to be struggles. And, you know, it, it's it's defining the struggles. It's understanding the struggles. And it's creating a plan to overcome them, just like anything. So anyone that has a goal for themselves, and, and this is my goal, and, and I don't want my goal to be anyone else's goal. So, like I said, anyone that has a goal for their life, similar to my ambitious goal, understand the steps of having a delusional optimist mindset because in my opinion, having a productive mindset, specifically a delusional optimist mindset is the key to taking your goals and turning them into reality. Yeah. And also expecting and anticipating the struggles is really powerful because then when they come, you already have a plan to overcome them. They don't, make you suddenly want to sit down and, and give up. Yeah. Michelle, do you work out? Yes. Okay, cool. So I have a theory and I'll run it by you. And um, I believe that and I've used a couple words for it, that fortitude um, or overcoming adversity is a muscle similar to any other muscle in your body. And my theory is that to truly practice overcoming adversity, you need to intentionally put yourself in situations daily to practice doing so. And in my opinion, and you know, it, you can do it however you want. For me, physical activity, working out is the number one way to practice overcoming adversity. And it starts in the morning. If you set your alarm and you wake up, that's your first one. We already talked about that. Go downstairs, go to the gym, go for a run, whatever you need to do. If you can plan in your day physical struggle, you are putting yourself in a mindset similar to what you just said. You are anticipating pain and struggle in your life. If you can take on that activity, knowing that there's going to be adversity and struggle involved, that's the first step. And then Having a plan, once you encounter that adversity and struggle and pain and overcoming it, 
that's the second step. And now you're, you're building these constant wins and you're making yourself physically and mentally fit at the same time. And then as soon as you're done, you're ready to take on the rest of the day. But I think if you don't work that muscle out, then I don't think you're going to be prepared. I truly don't. So then when adversity does pop up unexpectedly in your life, like your father being diagnosed with cancer, like you maybe being diagnosed with a life-ending disease, you're not going to be prepared to encounter it head on. But if you've worked on a daily basis for years and years and years on overcoming it, then you're aware of how you may spiral and how to stop that and move yourself forward. So yeah, that I think physical activity is, is the best way to kind of work out and and be ready to encounter any adversity in your life. Can I add another point to the sport analogy? When you set a goal, I, th- I think as adults, we become too used to the fact that um, if we try something and discover at that moment that we're not good at it, that we don't pursue it because we've decided that we're not good at it. And I I, I would like to remind, <laughs> remind people of when they were a child, when, you, you know, you don't just decide to um, – win a grand final in the country's biggest football game you actually at first you're going to suck at football (laughs) you you train you practice you practice every day or every week and you get better and it's like anything it's like podcasting I had to recognize that I was indeed not (laughs) a great podcaster when I started but you know Hopefully, um, if anyone uh, that is still listening there can recognize, perhaps I've got a little bit better. And yeah, just we all need to go through that process and we can go through that process. And it's, it's important to keep an open mind about the fact that we're still learning and we should still be learning and we shouldn't have decided what we can and can't do. Yeah, it goes back to that self-assessment, right? You have to be honest. You have to be forthcoming with yourself. You have to understand your strengths and weaknesses. But again, you have to have that that long-term goal. Because if you don't have the long-term goal, if you don't know you want to win that championship, that football championship, well, then you were going to quit as soon as you lose that first game or you realize that you may not be the best player on the team because your goal is very short-sighted. But if you have a long-term goal, then you understand that you also need to create short-term benchmarks all along the way. And there's so many blueprints that are out there that show you at this time frame, you can be here. At this time frame, you can be here. It doesn't matter what you do. I ran an ultra marathon. I ran an ultra marathon last year. I was not a runner. I could not breathe. But I understood if I was going to run 50 kilometers, I had to run one. And then I had to run five and I went on runs where I had a three mile run scheduled early on in my training. And I was not able to complete three miles all in one go. I had to walk and then run and then walk and then run and then sit and then run. But that wasn't a failure. It, it was a learning opportunity and it was a step along the path because by overcoming that, and accepting that that was a weakness of mine, 
then I could increase my focus to address that weakness in understanding that my long-term goal was this ultra marathon, you know, and that's a microcosm of anything you do, right? You're, there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be failures, but overcoming those setbacks and failures puts you one step closer to achieving that greater goal. Yeah, that's so perfect. I love your perspectives. And I just want to congratulate you on running an ultra marathon as a person with cystic fibrosis, which is a lung, affects your lungs, right? Yeah, so I ran it, um, I actually had less than 70% lung function uh, when I ran it, which which is still pretty good for me. Um, but yeah, it, so 70% lung function is actually, uh, it, it would, for anyone else, be a diagnosis of COPD, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, I believe it's called. And um, which is, you know, someone that's a longtime smoker uh, would have probably higher lung function than, than 70%. I think 80% is a diagnosis for that. And yeah, I ran it. I ran it with 70% lung function. What you have done and what you have overcome is truly inspiring. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you, Michelle. Now, do you want to um, tell people where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I have a podcast. If you like this podcast, if you love what Michelle's doing and you're interested in just hearing stories from some amazing people that have great actionable steps in how to improve your mindset, improve your life, optimize your mind, your body, your career, your life, check it out. It's the Every Breath Counts podcast. It can be found wherever podcasts are found, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever um websites everybreathcountspodcast.com um most active on instagram and facebook at everybreathcountspodcast and if you want to hit me up professionally on linkedin um or i don't know i I don't even think i tweet but uh but yeah you can find me at all those places but if you will go check out the podcast like it, rate it, subscribe to it, and I promise you will not be disappointed. I will also link all of those places in the show notes so people can find you really easily. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ryan. Oh, Michelle, it's my pleasure, and this was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Please share this story with anyone you feel may benefit from hearing it. Or if you or someone you know have your own story to share, feel free to drop me an email at m 